Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Today we're going to activate some faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Amen. We worship God. We praise God in this place. Remember, our philosophy of worship is worthship. He is worthy of our praise at all times, no matter what. AC goes down. We praise him. Praise the Lord. You got a bunch of kids surrounding you right now. Praise the Lord. You made those kids. You're welcome. <laughs> he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our time. He's worthy of our devotion. He's worthy of our complete surrender. Amen. No matter what our tendencies are, no matter what our natural hungers are, all about you, everything about you has to be in submission to God's will and his ways. Amen. No matter what your struggle is, no matter what your fight, you have to be in surrender to him. You don't get to be just an individual and live a separate life apart from his dominion. You must surrender to the authority of God to be in his will. You've ever asked yourself, how do I know if I'm in the will of God? Are you fully surrendered? That's the question you should be asking. A lot of times we ask ourselves, what should I do in this situation? What should I do about this? What should I do about that? And the question you really need to be asking is, are you fully surrendered? Is your whole life his and not yours? See, Jesus said something very interesting. He said, those who seek to save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will find it. You want to know how to find your life? Give it up. Surrender it. Your individuality, your identity should be discovered through relationship with God and his word. Nothing else. Not yourself, not your upbringing, not your culture, not your status when you were a kid, whether it was good or bad. None of that determines your identity in Christ. That may have determined what you went through, but it does not determine your future. Your identity in Christ is found through relationship with him and relationship with his word. Star said it so perfect. You are beautiful. You are a child of God. That is it. You're not a child of your circumstance. You're not a child of your issues. You're not a child of your past. You are a child of God and he has called you blessed. He has called you redeemed. He has called you new in Christ Jesus. Amen. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That is a promise. I was talking with someone the other day, 
and they, you know, we were just chatting, and they responded to me with the, with the uh, typical, um, I don't know how you say, cliche term, God won't give you more than you can handle. I said, you know, that's wrong, right? Everybody misinterprets the scripture very, very badly. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. He's talking about temptation, not burdens, not issues. You see, what we don't understand is that you should be winning against temptation because God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. What does that tell you about what you can handle in terms of temptation? You can flee. You can run. You can resist. You can win at that because that's what the Bible says. But he will absolutely give you way more burden than you can handle, which is why you need him, which is why Jesus later says, take my burden and my yoke for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Trade in your heavy burdens because he will absolutely let you go through things that are beyond you. So that you can learn where he is. Temptation, you can win. Say that to yourself. Temptation, I can win. Because he said he will not let me be tempted beyond what I can handle. But burdens, you have to surrender. Heaviness in life, you have to surrender. Issues, circumstances, stuff that happened to you that you had no control over, you have to surrender. You cannot, you should not be carrying those things. It is actually illegal for you to be carrying those things. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Amen. If your heart is to worship God and to offer him the praise ending of his has designed and that he has asked for, then this series will help deepen your understanding of his heart for worship. The point of origin for praise is always gratitude. We talked about this last time. The point of origin for praise is gratitude. It's really hard to praise God if you're not grateful. You have to be grateful. Grateful whether things are going good, grateful whether things are going bad. You have to learn to be grateful at all times. If you can learn to be grateful at all times, you can learn to praise at all times. Why does God need our praise? He doesn't need it. He desires it. Why does he desire it? Because he dwells in it. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You want to be where God is? Start praising him. You want to be where the presence of God is? Start praising. This morning, the presence of God was here. Amen. And all it took was a couple people starting to praise the Lord. That's it. He doesn't need it. He desires it because he desires you. He wants to inhabit his people. And he inhabits praises. So how do you get connected more with God? Start praising him no matter what you're going through. Can someone praise the Lord? So the seven Hebrew words of praise are halal, yada, toda, shabak, barak, zamar, and tehillah. I'm sure you all memorized that by now. 
Last time we talked about Toto, which we learned was an interesting word about confession, about thanksgiving, and about offerings, right? We talked about the story of Jericho and the story of Ai and how God gave them the, the city of Jericho because they declared and confessed what God spoke to them. But then Ai was the next town up and somebody sinned. Somebody disobeyed God and so they lost that battle and God had to deal with them about that. And that was also an act of confession, which was an act of praise. Okay, Confession, what we learned, is surrender. Real confession is not just hey, I did this, not just admitting something. Real confession is surrendering. It's saying, I give up. The picture that we learned, the, the hieroglyph for the Hebrew word, for that word confession or yada or, or uh, toda meant this. It looked like a man just completely surrendering. It was a stick figure. That is the sign of Surrender. As followers of Jesus, we must surrender all to him. This is what praise looks like, to surrender our will, to surrender our hopes, to surrender our dreams, to surrender our desires, to surrender our past, to surrender our pain, to surrender our victories, to surrender our failures, to surrender our anger, to surrender our depression, to surrender our pride, and the list goes on and on and on. You have to surrender all, even the bad stuff, even the stuff that tries to weigh you down. Confession means surrendering all. Then we learned it also means a sacrifice of praise. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips. Give thanks to his name, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. A sacrifice of praise is when you know, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to do this. And be share in that praise. And even though we all may be going through turmoil, we are going to continually praise the Lord. Can someone praise the Lord? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, for your presence in this place this morning. We thank you for families. We thank you for all these children. I pray you use this time this morning to remind us what a blessing it is to be in your kingdom, to raise a family in your house. Father, use this service this morning. I pray that we hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So today we're going to talk about the Hebrew word called Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Say it like that, Shabbat. That's right. Thank you. You can throw it up there. This is a primitive root properly to address in a loud tone. That is specifically loud. Figuratively to pacify as if by words commend to give glory, keep in praise still. And I love the last word triumph. This word Shabbat 
Whenever it's used, when it says praise the Lord, it means to do it loudly. So I know we have some people in the room that are naturally loud. Don't judge me. Then you have some people in the room that are naturally quiet. It's okay. There are times, though, where your natural nature needs to surrender to his ways. And there are times when it may not be natural for you, but you need to get loud. Especially when you're giving him glory. And when there's times of triumph. See, one of the best things to experience is when God does something in your life and you begin to give him glory and praise him in the middle of your triumph. That is awesome. We're going to learn about why that's so important today. But first, we're going to go through a, a few psalms here. Are you ready? Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you. You need to highlight verse 2. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Shabbat. Okay? I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. I want to highlight on verse 2. There is an element to this one scripture that you see repeatedly throughout the Psalms when David is writing. And it's a glimpse on the fact that he has seen some things. He saw God. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know in what form. We don't know how. All we know is that he was infatuated with the presence of God because while he was in the temple, he saw him. And he saw his power and his glory. I don't know what that looks like. I know for us, we think that's bizarre. It's all things. David, this is why he was so in love with God. Because he saw things that we can't ever understand. He saw things that he couldn't even describe. He saw God's power. He saw God's glory. This is why he thought about him all day and all night. This is why he meditated it. This is why he couldn't stop singing about him. This is why he lived his entire life surrendered to God. Even on his worst days, he surrendered to God because he saw a glimpse of something that we will never understand until we get to the other side. That's beautiful to me. 
So because he saw God, follow this, because he saw him this way, because he saw his power, because he saw his glory, he can then teach us these seven words. Because he's able to describe God seven different ways. He's able to give honor to God seven different ways. And this particular one is saying Shabbat. In other words, when he was seeing God, he got louder. (laughs) When he was experiencing God like this, he got louder. Church, it's time to get loud. Amen. Psalm 117 says this. Praise the Lord, all you nations. That's Shabbat. Praise him, all you people of the earth. That's Shabbat. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. That's all Shabbat. This whole, that is the entire chapter, by the way. And it's loud. Because that's all he needed to say. It's loud. Praise the Lord loudly for his unfailing love. Amen. Psalm 145 verse 1 through 4. It says, I will exalt you my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. All of these words mean Shabbat, to loudly teach the next generation about the miracles he has done. He is telling us to loudly teach the next generation about the miracles he has done. It's okay that they're loud because we should be loud. I want to take you to a quick story in the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verse 7. This is when they began to build the temple that David was not allowed to build because of the blood on his hands. So Solomon built it, his son. But David's fingerprints were all over this thing. It was incredible. And so in verse 7, it says, And the people hired masons and carpenters and bought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon, paying them with food, wine, and olive oil. The logs were brought down from the Lebanon mountains and floated along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa, for King Cyrus had given permission for this. The construction of the temple of God began in mid-spring during the second year After they arrived in Jerusalem, the workforce was made up of everyone who had returned from exile, including Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his fellow priests, and all of the Levites. The Levites, the workers at the temple of God, were supervised by Jeshua with his sons and relatives, and Kadmiel and his sons, all descendants of Hadovia. They were helped in this task by the Levites of the family of Henadot. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets, and the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise Shabbat, the Lord. 
just as King David had prescribed. You see, David had told them when the temple was starting to be built, you have to start it with praise. You have to start it with praise and not just any praise. The loud kind. The loud kind. Verse 11, with praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever, which, by the way, was a psalm of David that we just read earlier. His love endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that they could be heard far in the distance. See, this is interesting because there was a group of people who were sad that the new had come. They were actually sad. They were actually bothered that the new had come. They were weeping because this is not what we wanted. Meanwhile, this is exactly what God wanted. And they started to praise loudly. Listen, sometimes when you begin to praise, it will bother those who don't want to. It will bother those who aren't on the same page. But you have to praise anyways because the praise isn't for you. The praise isn't for them. The praise is for him and him alone. Therefore, we praise the Lord. Worship team, come join me. I want to share a very important story with you. As I was preparing for this, originally I was going to stop at this story of Ezra or in Ezra about the building of the temple because when they built the temple, they all stopped and shouted and that word shout was Barak. That word praise there was Barak, which was a loud shout. And I was going to be like, all right, that's, that's where I'm going to stop. That's the story. I'm going to highlight this and just dig into this one. But I, I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I kept reading on and then I realized There's got to be another story that pertains to this. Even though it's not from the Hebrew, it doesn't have the same Hebrew word. It's not the same Shabbat, but it's the same idea. It's the same intention, and it's the same heart of the story. And so I went to the book of Luke and and read this story about the ten lepers. Are you all familiar with the story of the ten lepers? And so in Luke 17, verse 11, it says this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. 
Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So leave that up there. I want to dig into this a little bit. First of all, you need to know that culturally, when someone had leprosy, they were not allowed into the town. They were not allowed near the town. There was a specific range of distance that they had to stay away from the town. And there was a specific place where different priests were set up just to examine people who had leprosy. And if they still had any signs of leprosy, they told them they still need to remain in exile away from the people. All of these 10 men broke the rules. They all busted through the city because they saw Jesus. So they broke the rules. They came in and they rushed Jesus and Jesus was like, I see you, you're healed. Go show yourself to the priest so he can confirm that you're healed. They, they weren't even healed yet until they turned around and started walking toward the priest. And because of that action, they became healed. The problem then was only one came back to give praise to God. Only one. And the one that came back wasn't even Jewish. He was a Samaritan, which is the the uh, the, the rival of all the Jewish people. He was the the, the, Jew, the Samaritan people were the ones that they looked at like dogs. They were the ones that they looked at like lower than the low. But yet it was the Samaritan who came to give praise to God. It was the Samaritan who came to say thank you. So Jesus' response was, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are they? Didn't I heal 10, yet one showed up? So I have a question for you. Why did only one come back? If they were all healed, if they all received the same blessing, why did only one come back? I pondered over this for a while. What I realized was that only one, though all were physically healed, only one changed his mindset. You see, as lepers, they weren't allowed in the town, but they broke the rule once to get their healing. But this guy realized once he was healed, the chains were gone. The restrictions were gone. The fears were gone. Nobody was looking at him weird no more. So now he had the freedom to go anywhere he wanted. And he chose to go praise God for his healing. While the others maintained the mindset of an outsider. They were healed too. 
They got blessed too, but they didn't change it here. So the beautiful part of this story is that in verse 18, he says, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus said to this man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. See, only one man realized the truth that when Jesus healed him, that meant he didn't have to live any longer as an outsider. What's even more amazing is now that this man looks normal, he is anything but normal. You know why? Because this man is grateful. He's grateful, which is the origin of praise. This is why he could come back and give God praise because he was grateful. Were the other men grateful? We don't know, but they didn't come back to give God praise. And in order to give God praise, you have to have a grateful heart. This man was grateful and gratitude creates spiritual wholeness. Everybody else got physically whole. He's the only one that also got spiritually whole. You know why? Because he came back to shout. <laughs> he came back to give God some loud praise. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He didn't come back quiet. He didn't come back reserved. He didn't come back timid. He said, oh, I know where my healing came from. It did not come from me. It didn't come because I'm good or because I showed up. It came because he's good and he showed up. And so because he is grateful, now he came back for the second phase of his healing. And you only get the second phase of your healing when you come back and loudly praise the Lord. So I have some encouragements for you. Let's stand. Here's what you need to do. Don't forget to praise God for getting you out of that situation. Don't forget to praise God for healing you. Don't forget to praise God for protecting your kids. Don't forget to praise God for providing that new job. Don't forget to praise God for being good all the time. We need to learn how to praise God loudly. So I have a question for you. What are you fighting? What are you struggling with? What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? What, are, what, are, what is in your life that you feel so undeserved to have? 
You see, it's those moments when you need to remind yourself to praise the Lord. It's time to release a shout of praise. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's time to release a shout of praise. Listen. There are some of you in this room that have leprosy. You're carrying around something that makes you feel like an outsider. You're carrying around something that makes you feel like you don't belong. You're carrying around something that makes you feel that you have to stay at a distance. And it's the type of thing that even when God does it in your life, it makes you feel like you can't come back to praise him. But this morning, I want us all to activate some faith because we need to learn how to shout God's praises. And you can only do that if you're grateful. If you know that it wasn't up to you to begin with, it won't be up to you to maintain, and it will never be up to you to give it to someone else. It's always up to him. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. And I want you to think of that thing or those several things that are in your life that you know that are keeping you at distance from God, that you know that are keeping you at distance from your future, from your purpose, from your calling. Those things that you can identify that keep you away from being grateful, that keep you away from pursuing Him. I want you to get that in your mind, those things, those items, whatever they may be, whether it's a relationship, a past issue, your childhood, a current situation, maybe it's financial troubles, maybe it's your health, whatever it is that you feel is keeping you from the very presence of the Lord. You got it in your mind? Now, in a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And when I hit three, everyone needs to shout. If you want to release a shout of triumph, a loud shout of praise that gives glory to God for all he's done, if you want to release a Shabbat, a thank you, one, two, three, shout! The leprosy is gone. The fear is gone. 
The chains are gone. The pain is gone. The frustration is gone. Let joy come in. Let peace come in. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Oh, we pray that our gratitude will go forth. Let us praise the Lord with all our heart. Let us praise the Lord with all our mind, with all our strength. Somebody praise the Lord. put your hands down if you're in this room because we have all the kids I don't want to do the prayer lines that we normally do if you're in this room and you just want prayer this morning for whatever it is that you just released so you can come back and give God praise I want you to just lift your hand lift your hand those of you who don't have your hands raised I want you to go find someone pray with them and I want you to just continue to bless them right now love on them prophesy over them Give them, give them an encouraging word. Keep your hand up until someone comes praise with you. Everybody continue to worship.
Oh, we praise you, Lord. His presence is in this place. His spirit is in this place. He truly inhabits the praises of his people. Ooh. Come on, just sing to the Lord. We give you glory. We give you glory. You deserve all the glory. You deserve all the glory. We are grateful. everyone an opportunity this morning if you don't know Jesus if he is not your savior and you're looking around like we're all crazy <laughs> it's okay but I don't want to leave this morning without giving an opportunity for someone in this room if you're ready to surrender like what we've been talking about if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life where he is your everything where you surrender to his will, you surrender to his dominion, you surrender to his reign. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you don't know him and you want to know him, just shoot your hand up for me. Anybody in the room? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I'm so thankful that somehow God orchestrated the kids to be in here today because they're probably thinking, y'all do get loud. I thought we were loud. It's important you teach them how to praise the Lord. Amen. It's important you teach them what it looks like to love on Jesus, to be grateful. I pray that as we continue on in this series, that these don't just become words, but they become actions. They become our responses. Because it's so important to open up your voice at times and give him the praise he deserves. It's so incredibly important. 
And I'm so thankful for a church that loves to worship and loves to praise. Amen. Somebody praise the Lord. You can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.